It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long. And you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb, Eric, and Sean. Listen in as they discuss a plethora of topics, such as remakes versus originals, board game based movies, and sequels that prove better than the originals. You know, I think we see a pattern here. We should watch movies that have been remade and then compare the original. And the, There's got to be a podcast where they do that already. I'm sure. But I'll, oh, yeah. speaking of that subject, that was something I was going to say that I believe, and apparently it's, it's, it's a mainstream opinion, that this is one of the rare examples of uh, where, for the most part, people do prefer the remake to the original. And I'm in that camp. Oh, really? Hmm, yes, I know that. and I was thinking about that too as, as I was comparing the two in my head before this discussion, because generally I do default towards like the European or foreign original. Um, I had brought it up recently, but like Old Boy, for some reason I can't. I love, oh, I love the God. original. I've seen bits and pieces, mostly the new scenes from the American version, but I I just can't oh. push myself to watch the whole American version. Me neither. I, I can't have this. I don't have the stomach for it. I tried. How could you remake that? That's just yep. heresy. I mean, that's like just like a perfect movie. Maybe remake it for people who are dumb or something. I, I mean, I guess. Who plays it? Who, who, who's the guy? It's somebody. Samuel Jackson and um, what's his name? The guy from No Country for Old Men. Oh, Josh Brolin? Yes. Uh, yeah, yes, yes. From Goonies. I mean, yeah, Goonies. <laughs> Goonies. Oh, yes. What are you, what are you guys laughing? <laughs> Why are you guys laughing? I know we're. I know, Eric. I know I'm supposed to like that movie because I'm in that age bracket. It's kind of like Clue, but Goonies is no, no. Okay, it's not that. Good. Okay, okay. Hold on. It's not that. Yeah. It's, it's in this weird middle. I've I've talked about it at some point on some podcast, but it's definitely one of those movies that well, I loved as a kid as much as any kid did with all the other popular kid movies of the 80s. And then I didn't revisit it for like 20 plus years. And when I did, I was like, you know what? It isn't that good. But it's not terrible either. Because there's some movies you see as a kid and then you see them later and you're like, oh, this is just outright terrible. Um, but that one, it's just it's just not as good as I remembered. Not nearly. There are three good things in it. Uh, uh, Anne Ramsey... Uh, the music at the beginning, dun 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 dun, and the way they introduce all the characters, I thought it was mm-hmm. pretty clever. And the scene with the piano, yep. when the girl has to play the piano and she has to hit the right notes, or they're all gonna die. That was cool. But other than that, no. I just thought that even even though they're not the Brat Pack, I just thought that was a great assemblage of actors who play the kids. Um, I mean, I'll give it that. Yeah, even though you're, the movie's you're right. Good. You're right. God, I was in love with the cheerleader girl back then. 
Yeah, she was hot. Did you ever? Did you guys ever listen to the commentary on that, where they brought all the kids back? Negative, like, negative, negative. Thirty years later, it was a kind of fun commentary. Not a great one. They like lost steam like halfway through, but it was fun them just yeah. like catching up for part of it. But I'll probably still buy it on 4K, uh, even though yeah, I'm not I'm not jazzed about it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that reminds me of. Uh... I remember liking Robert Davi's uh, singing, but you go ahead, Sean. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> For uh, Willy Wonka, they had the five kids get together and do a commentary for that. Oh. And I always felt so bad for the guy that plays Augustus Gloop has like five words in the whole thing. <laughs> yes, this is the scene where I da- where I fall in the lake. Yes, I was oh. stuck in the tube. You know, and then like after he's not his death, but later on, it's just, oh, I had a cr- such a crush against Charlie. So did I. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I should listen to that. I fucking love that movie. That movie's so good. It is. Oh, I saw it like 20 times. Like, I would watch it every day as a kid. That's that cool. and Sherlock Holmes Smarter they, Brothers. They showed it all the time in elementary school whenever we had nothing to do. And, and that was that was the go-to movie in school um, until Little Mermaid came out. And then that became the go-to movie. Um, oh, fuck. Really. Fuck. Oh, get out of here with your no. musical hating self. Oh, do you hate musicals, Sean? I liked Fiddler on the Roof. I think I remember you saying. I don't think he expected. Yeah, to. yeah. <laughs> I liked Fiddler. I didn't expect to because I'm like, oh my god. But they don't have a lot of music in that. I mean, and the music in it oh. is good. But the, I mean, when you take something like they have a double album's worth. Yeah. Well, come on. What about Chicago though? Chicago has some good music, but it's a terrible story. It's a yes. terrible story. Yes. The music's okay, I guess, in Chicago, but I would rather re-listen to the Fiddler music because it because it has that turn of phrase and I like that kind of stuff. It's my favorite musical. There, there are others like uh, the Sound of Music, which I th- I'm just like fucking tired of it, and uh, uh, My Fair Lady, which I'm looking forward to watching again. Also with Wilford Hyde White. Yeah, that's a great film. Never seen My Fair Lady, but uh, Sound of Music was the first oh. live action musical I remember very well. I probably saw some like before that. But that's the one I really remember is my first legit live action musical. Would it always be on like like on Thanksgiving growing up, and it would be playing in the background if it, if you know or, or football? It would, but I but I but I got attached to it before that happened. Okay. Uh, and I saw it live on stage in England in a small theater when I was a little kid. Oh, cool! And and that completely fucking blew me away. And that was definitely my first live action musical experience as well. So I always had this. I used to sing those songs a lot when I was in elementary school because I would like, listen to the album. Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? God, how could you? This this is cruel. They're like, oh, that's Eric the gay kid. I hey, I always dreamed of being in a musical. That was always my dream. Uh, I, that's the kind. Of, I lived in I lived in libraries when I was a very young kid, and I would like go get the album, you know, play it on the library record player. Uh huh. Anyway, I was still talking about oh, for a second. I mean, I was wasn't done talking about like comparing remakes and originals. Like, uh, <laughs> let the, let the right one in. Um, oh wow! You know, that's, that's I remember cute. I remember seeing the original and renting it because I heard about it and I thought, oh, this is so good! It's such a unique take on vampire, blah blah blah. Yeah. And then I heard they're gonna make the remake and Chloe Moretz and I, I was uh, uh, Chris. Um, I was gonna say Chris Eccleston, Chris Burgess. Um, he always, he always likes to play it on this joke like I have this weird underage thing for uh, Chloe Moretz. 
that's only half true. Just kidding. Um, and I, I had all this anticipation oh, for the remake, and I remember I saw it, and I was like, oh, this just is not... I mean, there's nothing wrong with the movie. It's just... Yeah, it just doesn't do anything. By the way, I think the... I think it the DP away all the beauty. I think the DP on uh, Let the Right One In, the original. <laughs> you can't you can't talk all on <laughs> The the DP on the original Let the Right One In is the DP for the the Nolan Insomnia, I believe. Same guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, Matt Reeves. I was I love the original one and so I was like, "Oh, I really like Matt Reeves as a director, but I'm so concerned this is going to be terrible." And yeah, he just stripped away all the beauty. Yeah. Let the right one in and turn it this really ugly story. There's like the Carrie remake, even though that's not a remake of a of a of a European version. Whoa, there are two. We were talking about that before you got online. Uh, yeah, that there funny. are two remakes. That yeah, yeah, and Gorbavinsky doing uh, the Ring. Oh, I've never seen either. Back back around this time that they did this movie, yeah, they were doing a whole bunch of things where they would like, oh, this movie's really big right now. Let's immediately remake it. See, if Parasite didn't become the worldwide phenomenon that it did, I bet you that would have been a remake. Yes. Uh, they they remade all those Asian horror movies. Uh, Shudder, uh, The Eye. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so sad. And everybody loves the, re- the remake of The Ring. I don't get it. Because I think the original Ringu because I lo- I'm, you know, I'm I'm Asian by proxy, so I have to say Ringu <laughs> is one of the creepiest films ever made. I mean, fuck when he's going down there. Oh, we should do that film because I'm a giant Gore Verbinski fan, and The Ring is the reason I'm a giant Gore Verbinski fan. Okay, so. <laughs> all right, I'll pick up that gauntlet. It's on Netflix now. I was gonna choose it for shit we watch on Netflix, and I haven't seen it since it first came out. I watched oh Ringu. Or The Ring. The Ring. Yeah, I watched Ringu solely because of the classic horror cast. When you guys covered that, I was like, okay, I'll finally see this movie. And I picked it up. I actually bought a German DVD, so I had to watch it on German and read subtitles on my computer. <laughs> which is very difficult to do. I'll just say, watching a movie that's in a foreign language and trying to read the subtitles along. Very, very difficult, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's an icky movie. That movie is icky, like in a good way. But when they go down on that well and that hand pops out of the well, which we see at the end of Carrie. Oh, oh you know what they're not going to make remake, though? They're, they're, they're not going to touch this with a 10-foot fucking pole. They'll never remake Audition. Actually, maybe they will. I could uh, see that. Yeah, they trip away all the good parts. They're never going to remake Solo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think, yeah. <laughs> I think they would have remade it by now. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, okay. Well oh, um. <laughs> uh, and Battle Royale. I heard one time that they were going to remake Battle Royale, and I'm like, who the fuck? You can't, you can't do that. But then they did something very similar with this movie that came out right around the time the plague hit, called The Hunt. Hunger Games. Have you all seen this? Yeah, I did see it. Fuck Hunger Games. Yeah, Hunger Games is closer. <laughs> Fuck Hunger Games. Did you see the hunt, Sean? The the first the first book was good. Yeah. When the plague hit, um, I actually paid like twenty bucks to see it streaming because I wanted to see it so bad. Me too. <laughs> and <laughs> I liked it. It was okay. It's my girlfriend actually. She's obsessed with Emma Roberts, so she was like, "We got to watch this." I was like, "Okay, it looks kind of bad from the trailers, but." It was okay. No, it's, it was okay. it's not bad. And of course, I could have waited until now and gotten it for eight bucks on Blu-ray. <laughs> but 
<laughs> so your girlfriend must be a big uh, American Horror Story fan. Fan. Uh, Scream Queens. Scream Queens. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm the more American Horror Story guy, but I didn't know that. Oh. oh I've dear. only seen the fourth season. Sadly, I've only seen the first season. Uh. You need to see more. I know it's kind of icky sometimes, but my, my favorite blonde is Samara Weaving. I could watch Samara Weaving in every movie. Uh, she was the one in uh, the Babysitter films, and uh, which I can't oh. praise enough. Uh, I had a there's a bartender at this uh, restaurant that I go to eat at lunch, and I eat at the bar, and she I told her watch the, the Babysitter, and Wednesday was her last day. And she goes, well, I'm going to watch it tomorrow. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I can't be here to, you know, talk about it with you. But And Ready or Not, that's a really great, fun movie. I don't know her, but I just looked her up, and she is gorgeous. Yeah, she is fine as the dandelion. And yeah, Ready or Not was a pretty fun flick. Um, I kind of preferred You're Next, which I felt was in a similar Yes! (laughs) Yes, that's that's, that's kind of very dark. Oh, Remakes! Remakes that are better than the original. House House on Haunted Hill. Uh, both of which are on um, Shudder right now. Um, I love Jeffrey Price in that. I love Chris Kattan in that remake. I think everybody is giving it a shot and having lots of fun. And it also has one of the creepiest scenes ever in it. With, oh, uh, Sorry. <laughs> what? Oh, no, no. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Price plays him in the remake. Jeffrey and Price. Jeffrey Price from like Shine and uh, what else has Jeffrey Price been in? Australian guy. Is he related to Vincent Price? No, no relation. It's just a coincidence <laughs> that it's played by a gay. Eric. Yes. What? What's? What else is? Oh, he was in Shakespeare. He he was in Shakespeare in Love. I keep thinking of the the haunting remake. I was like, wasn't it Liam Neeson? But I remember we did the no, fuck that. Time. No, what are we talking about? Fuck that. Fuck what that. What are we talking about? The house on ha- house on haunted hill. Oh, the protagonist in uh, Shakespeare in Love. Is it Jeffrey Rush you're thinking of? Did I say Jeffrey Price? I did say Jeffrey Rush. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, one of the best parts of Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, one of. Yeah, I guess. I always get him mixed up with another actor. <laughs> There's another actor, British, who's. So much like them, but anyway, interchangeable in my head. But but the house on Haunted Hill, how the original house, the house on Haunted Hill is Vincent Price, uh, who's lovely and like almost everything he does. Like you, he can't. He could be reading the phone book, and I'd be like, wow. But I just like love wow. his acting style. Like it's. I was gonna say, ever seen that Witchfinder General? Not pleasant. No. Really? That is an ugly, ugly movie. But anyway. Sorry. <laughs> He, uh, yeah, he's great in it, but the rest of the movie is kind of crap. And it's, Aww. I think it was, uh, it was either, I don't, who was it, Roger Corman or William Castle? I think William it's William Castle. Castle. Yeah. And they had a scene where in the theater they would put up a skeleton in a wire and lower it down into the audience <laughs> and scare everybody. Hey, you gotta love that. The Tingler, come on. Oh, scream, scream for your lives. The Tingler's loose in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you gotta appreciate that, <laughs> Eric. Okay, let me let me, t- Eric. Okay, the Tingler. I gotta explain this to you because this is this is pretty fucking genius. I'm aware of the sex toy, but I'm not sure what you're talking uh, about. Eric, see, this is not that kind of podcast. So <laughs> the Tingler, in, 
in the movie is a monster that kind of, you know, it's kind of, it, it gets inside of you. And the only way that you can stop it from killing you is by being afraid and screaming, okay? So what they did was, in, in the actual theater, they would put under some of the seats vibrating things. Mm -hmm. Shut up, don't go there. Mm -hmm. These vibrating things. So there's a scene in the movie where the tingler gets loose in the theater and the screen goes black and the and, and and Vincent Price's voice of scream scream for your lives the tingler is loose in the theater <laughs> and then some of the some of the the seats would vibrate and i can just imagine that i don't know if it was 1950s or early 60s you know all these girls like screaming oh my god it's so wow but it's such a charming movie and so much fun and so cool uh, my bunny hole <laughs> my bunny hole to, to add to that is I think bunny trail not bunny yeah, it's not bunny, bunny hole, oh, yeah, bunny hole. rabbit hole rabbit hole um, was uh, <laughs> I think it was the remake of Beauty and the Beat live action uh, and I had seen it and I told my friend I saw it and I thought it was eh, it was alright whatever I thought it was not that great and I was surprised he had seen it because it wasn't the kind of movie he would see uh, and he was there's a part in the movie where something gets really cold or or gets freezing uh, in the movie. And he was convinced that the draft house, when he went to go see it, when it got to the freezing scene, he was convinced that the draft house like turned like the lights down lower and and put the AC to the max. And he was convinced that they intentionally like made the theater colder for that scene. And I just think it's. I don't believe it. But he's convinced. I don't think he's so. He's convinced. I, not for that they were that they were playing with the they AC would do for the freezing scene. No, Alamo, not for Beauty and the Beast. Alamo Drafthouse wouldn't do that. <laughs> they would... my, local, my local area, they have something called, I think it's 3DX. And I think in other regions it's called like 4D or whatever. Smell-O-Vision? Or... Where they do... Yeah, it's kind of like Smell-O-Vision. You sit in a chair and they like shake you around when things are super shaky. Yeah. They blow fans at you and then they like, yeah, like spurt like smells at you. I personally don't get it. I think it's just too gimmicky to the point of being silly, but people seem to enjoy it. I think like in the 50s they had a version of that where you had like a scratch card and then like at certain cues yeah. in the movie you would like scratch the square and, and sniff it. Yeah, John Waters flamingos. polyester. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I maybe they had a one version for pink flamingos at the certain certain scenes, but... No, 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 it's po polyester. Yeah, polyester. But then Sallow came out, and then that was the end of that train. Oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I can just see the remake. It's going to be all CGI poop. But there was, I remember in the 90s, there was a movie that came out, and it was this really stupid spy movie where the audience was able to choose, like a choose-your-own-adventure, what would happen in the theater. And um, this never went anywhere, as far as I know, except for Bandersnatch. Uh, from the Black Mirror series, that was there cool. On, uh, on that was cool. Yeah. Well, actually, in the House on Haunted Hills sequel, if you guys remember that, because I've never seen the original uh, remake that they did, but they did a sequel, which was a Choose Your Own Adventure on the Blu-ray. Really? Hmm. Yes. <gasps> Very poor. Interesting. <laughs> it's I, not that good, though, right? I remember I saw that Nightmare on Elm no, Street movie uh, with the with the 3D glasses, and I remember I couldn't see shit, like. I remember I couldn't make out anything in the movie theater during the 3D sequence. Oh, oh. 
Caleb, have you seen Bandersnatch? It's actually like a work of fucking art. Yeah, it, it was really cool. I don't think Steven Shipansky liked it, but um, but uh, see, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I thought it was cool, and I I actually rewatched it to virtually go down every path. Like I saw, I think I saw like every ending. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. I was so stoned that I spent like four hours just going through the whole thing, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Damn it! I don't know what I saw recently, like in the last month. Uh, some other, some other series current, and and I saw that symbol in the background. I don't know what I was watching, and I was like, "Oh my god!" It's the Black Mirror thing. Um, but anyway, that was some good shit. You know, but I I always keep wondering. How are they going to make a movie out of the Instabake oven? <laughs> is, it, are, is this drawing back to one of our earlier conversations yes. about the board game? Yes. What? We'll see. Once, yeah. once they made the uh, Lego movie, and that was incredible, um, it's like it's game on. I'm, oh, no pun intended. But you could do anything then. If you could make such a compelling movie out of Lego. They should hire um, John Waters and make it like... Serial Mom, the Instabake Oven movie. So, do you, I've heard people say about Battleship, like, okay, Battleship, whatever, and they're like, but what does it have to do? With and you know game? what? You can talk. Wait, you could talk about that movie because it is related to Insomnia because it stars Stella Skarsgård's son. I don't remember his name, but he was in True Blood, the blonde one from. There's the one from It and the one from True Blood. Oh, That's all I know. I didn't know that. I, I know who you're talking about, but yeah. Um, so. Uh, so in that, I, I've heard people say, but, "Okay, the battleship movie," but like, what does it have to do with the game? I mean, yes, there's ships, but what does it have to do with the game? Does anybody remember like how they referenced the game uh, in the movie? Never watched other the than movie. having battleships uh, because people are like, "Oh, there's aliens," but what does it have to do with the game? There's no aliens in the game. Although they did make a movie version of the game later that had the alien ships, but anyway. No, I, I, no, I, I, no, I, I never started saw laughing that. in the movie theater uh, when they started actually referencing the game. Um, it's during the climax at the end, like the final confrontation, and there's these mines in the ocean, um, but for some reason they can't detect them. Like I don't know what was going on the radar or something. Like, they're having trouble, and but they figured out some on the fly way that they could figure out where the mines were to like set them off and. I can't remember how they did that, but then they were like, "Okay, so, so we can, you know, triangulate them this way. So then you call them out, and then we'll take them out." And they're like, "Okay, B, B three. And they're like, oh, "Okay," and then they blow out up a mine. And they're like, "All right, hold on." Oh my god! C seven, C seven, C seven. Yeah, so that was the the game reference. So it's a good thing I didn't see this movie uh, because I hate that. I hate that. that that's like in Doctor Who when Matt Smith runs around the TARDIS going, Doctor Who! Doctor Who! I'm like, and I'm sorry. I, fucking was, I was laughing so much in the movie theater. It was very enjoyable. Uh, oh my god. That's terrible. I never want to see that's that the, spawn of Satan. It's actually an okay movie. I mean, but it has nothing to do with the game except for that. If it, if it if it was true to the game, the aircraft carrier would sink first, and then you'd have your antagonist on that little tiny tube backbone, you know, you can't ever fucking get. Now, that would be more like it. Because there was always that little one that you could never... Fuck. It's a, it's a, it's a fucking stupid game. And you think it's a good idea... It's stupid. When you're playing the game, you think it's a good idea to, to like line all your ships up side by side? 
but then as soon as your opponent realizes, then you're fucking done. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I did it. I remember. I did it. And when I was four years old, and you know, and then my dad beat my ass, and he's like, you know, you may not want to do that. And I'm like, oh, I got this game down. I totally got this game down. I'm going to move the parts around, and yeah. oh, you know what? He'll never be able to detect me. There is no way to detect you in that and game. And then you have an asshole. <laughs> then you have an asshole. You have an asshole friend who tries to place a ship diagonally on the board, but it doesn't really fit into the pegs. But he just does it anyway. And then you're like dropping bombs, and it doesn't make any sense. Like, how the fuck can there just be one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they said, well, this game, it, it, God forbid, you drop that board game on the floor and all the red and the white pegs go everywhere. And for six months, you're fishing red and white pegs out of the shag carpeting that your or parents God forbid, had. Your friend lies when you when you score a hit. And, and they're just like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I've I've played Clue with friends that when you pick the three cards at the first, they like draw the card from your hand, they slightly put it up so they can see. Ah, it's Mrs. Peacock. No, uh, I saw you do that. Fuckers. <laughs> when are we gonna do our board game uh, series? Oh, that would be uh, <laughs> series. It's like one episode. Hey, there's two: uh, Battleship and Clue, and I don't know what the fuck else, but. Eventually, Monopoly. Apparently, yeah, and uh, and pl- and and Battleship is directed by Peter Berg, who was one of my favorite directors. Why do you know that? Because it was directed by Peter Berg. Okay. And and Peter Berg, Peter Berg, you know, he made the Friday Night Lights movie and series, and like the movie Friday Night Lights, you know, he yeah. spent a bunch of time in Texas, like researching the town and getting the vibe of the community. He did like the same thing for Battleship. Like he spent like. Eight months pre-production, like being around, around naval vessels Playing and the game. naval people, oh. and he did all this crazy Peter Berg shit, like before making Battleship. And he took that very serious. Oh, and it stars Rihanna in her debut role. Yeah. Oh God, I'm seeing it now. <laughs> this super hot, uh, but but that's true. In real life, there's these random super hot uh, uh, Navy Sea women. Um, and so that's that. That checks. Um, so, okay. So, remakes that are better than the original. I've got to throw one out there. I'm sorry. Er- Eric Eric doesn't know. I don't he, I don't think he's seen either one of these movies. Caleb, maybe not. I don't know, but Dawn of the Dead. Yep. Yes. I, I am split on that one. I've seen I, both, bitch. <laughs> I've seen the original and the remake, you bastard. Well, I just did a giant George Romero res- uh, retrospective at the start of, uh, or at the end of 2020, so I'd happily discuss that. And Romero is one of my favorite filmmakers at this point. I, I love yeah. that guy. And I saw Army of the Dead. And I'm not split at all. <laughs> did you did you make it through Survival of the Dead? I made it through every single one of his movies, so. Okay, all right. Well, bless your heart, because Survival of the Dead is a piece of crap. I, it's yeah, it's kind of like the last... Uh, season of Dawn of the or, or uh, The Walking Dead. Is there zombies in this? I think there's zombies in this. It was definitely sad watching him kind of fall at that point. I yeah, mean, it was long before then, but the dark half. Anyone? <laughs> oh yeah, I saw the. I read the book, and I did not like the book. And I'm like, why would they make this into a movie? Here's a here's a fun fact. Well, it's like about me, but whatever. Um, when Diary of the Dead premiered in 2007, it premiered at the Fantastic Film Fest or the fantastic film fest in austin here and he was there and what was cool is that if you bought a ticket to see it 
you could it wasn't extra it wasn't like a you know special vip meet and greet you could just go and get some hot dogs and stuff behind the alamo draft house and he was going to be there and he's just stand, he's sitting he's standing there in the middle of the thing smoking a cigarette drinking scotch and i love that i love that he's just kind of a cool dude and only one person went up to him to ask for an autograph he wasn't charging for autographs he was just oh, wow. you know totally cool it wasn't like at being in one of those cons we have to pay 40 bucks to have George Romero's autograph. And, to, you know, I really love Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, not only do I love it as a movie, but I love the fact that I live or used to live very close to where it was filmed. And I regret not having gone to a lot of horror cons where those people appeared because mm. I, I could get their signature. I could say hello to them. And this wasn't something that I started in on until, like, uh, the last uh, Doctor Who convention in, in uh, here in the Dallas area. But, um, yeah, he was so cool. And then at the beginning of the movie, I think it was Tim League, who was, like, the president or the founder of Elmo Draft House. He's, George Romero's here. He's had about four scotches. And he's ready to talk about the movie. And I'm sorry, I can't remember if it was the beginning or end of the movie. But one of the things that he said was, yeah, I, I believe in, uh, I bring this up in the movie, uh, those 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 running zombies, it's, that's, all, that's all bullshit. I hate that fucking shit. <laughs> like he said that, and he was so cool. I'm like, I love this guy. I want to, oh. you know, and then he died. Well, he died many years later, but and I think it may have been the cigarettes and the scotch when you're 78 <laughs> years old. But, uh. Oh, I'm just got to meet him. I yeah, I, I adore that guy. I've listened to like almost all of his commentaries, and yeah, that guy just—it broke my heart when he died. Honestly, it really did mm-hmm. hit me more than like anyone else. There was a year there where uh, like it was like Wes Craven, George Romero, and uh, Toby Hooper all died within a year, and I was like, damn, not a good year for you know. Um, but Zack Snyder uh, directed the remake of Dawn of the Dead, which it's it, the only thing similar to it is they're all trapped in a in a in a uh, a mall, um, and it's fantastic. Except for one thing, it's fantastic. It's a perfect fucking horror movie. And then just recently, he released this abomination abortion of a movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, did I hate it? I, I hate thought it was it. okay. And the more, me too. It was okay. Oh, I thought it was okay. okay. With like an asterisk of like, if only it had been an hour and 40 minutes, it would have been better. That would have been better. Okay. And, so, and it's not something, it's definitely not anything to take serious. Um, and like I told Caleb, I felt like it was um, Zack Snyder, for him doing a low budget movie, but it was Zack Snyder's take on a, a modern Robert, Robert Rodriguez movie is what I felt. <laughs> yeah. No. You know what? You know what? I was going to pick it for shit we watch on Netflix, but uh, this coming Monday, um, our episode on Dead Set will drop, and that's also on Netflix. And uh, that movie has a bunch, just as many people as uh, Army of the Dead has, and yet it doesn't spend 45 minutes of exposition to show you how two-dimensional these fucking people are. Because they're all going be, to become zombie food at one point, and they do! Most of them do! And I think the only character that I liked in the entire movie was Tignataro. When and then I found out afterwards, holy shit, she wasn't even the movie to begin with. They <laughs> they added her in later on because I like Tignataro. I um, like Paz there, there Vega. Was shit in that movie, like, and I was sad that she got killed. You like that. who? Paz Vega. 
I have no idea who that one is. She was the one that the protagonist was kind of into from their history. And then they're like, all right, let's oh. go get her. And then as soon as she turns around, she gets bitten. Uh, they did not, did not appreciate it. Yeah, she's like, oh, maybe we should have a relationship. Oh, no, wait, I'm dead. Yeah. Oh, that was not cool. Is she the one that has her oh, head twisted around? Yes. She has her head twisted yes. around and uh, the bone sticks out. That's Stupid. not cool Stupid. to do to Paz Vega. And you know what? I'm neither this way or the other. I mean, because I'm a big fan of zombie films, but there was something about the zombie hierarchy that bothered me that I didn't like, that there would be a king and a queen, and then you have your shamblers. I'm like, how did this happen? I mean, I know it. What's that damn movie? Uh, Underworld? I don't know. For some reason, it reminded me of like, the hierarchy yeah. of the vampires and the werewolves. I remember that. I remember liking that movie, and but I don't remember anything what about it. But it did remind me also, wasn't there like a hierarchy or sort of? Like in uh, Omega Man, not Omega Man, but the remake. Um, uh, uh, I was going to say Goodwill Hunting. I Am Le- Legend? I Am Legend. I don't think so. Well, wasn't there like an alpha? There was an alpha. And he was like the Yes, the, I the heard head this. Zomb- yes. Yeah, he was like the head zombie. And- well, it was kind of like that Alien versus Predator where, like, where there were like one zombie that we look at the most. Just like an EVP. Like, I don't think he was necessarily the alpha, but it was just like the one that we focus on because we need a... Because it's a Hollywood picture, we need a central character to look at. He was the leader, but those were actually bad movies. And the, wow. and the Seal Dimension is just schlocky movies, the AVPs. No. Uh, Same with I Am Legend. Some people, I, I don't care for it, but. And they also had like Land of the Dead. They had Land of the Dead, they had that one guy, the, the, the big black guy that was sort of the leader that basically encouraged them all to walk underwater to kick Dennis Hopper's fucking ass. Hell yeah, I love Dennis Hopper, but fuck him in that movie. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And you know what? I I I I, I don't do retrospectives like you do, Caleb. But uh, Caleb, but I um I would I mispronounced your name. That's that's the demon booze. Flashback to the Tardis Tavern when you read. <laughs> <laughs> what you call, what do you call you on Tardis Tavern? <laughs> Caleb, probably. Wow. Yeah. We were at a. One time we I, we were having a party and I got really drunk. Surprise, surprise! And we have a friend named Ramona, and as I got drunk, I just kept calling her Romana, Romana, and she's like, "It's Ramona, it's Ramona." I think she's getting kind of pissed, but I really wasn't doing it on purpose. Anyway, um, other other remakes of remakes movies than the original. that may or may um, not. Last of Mohicans, uh, Last of Mohicans, and remake of Hidden Fortress, Star Wars. Um, Better than the original. <laughs> well, here we go. Here we go. Don't. That's that's not a remake. Uh, they they watch the Hidden Fortress and tell me it's not a remake. It's so much of a remake. There's actually multiple shots that are like shot for shot. Again, like Psycho Psycho. Um, there's okay. There's mul- okay. like there's multiple shots that are like exactly the same. Uh, where we have the because all the characters are transposed. Um, with both movies, R two C three PO, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Darth Vader, they all have their analogs, and they, it plays out like it's the same mission, it's the same everything, except they don't blow up the Death Star. Maybe they set it on fire. I'm not sure. I mean, it's been a while. But I mean, converse, there's conversations that are just lifted right from the original and transposed. Tell me, it's not a remake. It's a remake of the Hidden Fortress thrown in with influences from other things. But yeah, I'd happily do a Dawn of the Dead after we do Pink Flamingos if you guys want. Because uh... I'll do whatever you guys tell me to do. He really will. He really will. Trust me. When I was doing my Romero retrospective, 
I watched the theatrical version, the director's cut, and the European cut, so I just recently watched all three. Oh my god. I know, I'm a lunatic. This is what I do in my spare time. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, the, the first time I saw that, I was in film school, and I took a, 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 a... This is so cool. Like, if you ever told me as a kid that I would be doing this in school, it was in a small movie theater at the film school at Columbia College, and we would watch one horror movie every time, every class or every other class and then the next class we would talk about the horror no i'm sorry i take that back it was like a four-hour class we would watch a movie and then talk about it and i had never seen the original dawn of the dead and it really freaked me out like (laughs) in that movie you know the zombies are actually better in night of the living dead um and and the, the 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 um the makeup is so is actually like it's like comedic and the music and everything but it just really affected me and i remember leaving that school and walking around in downtown chicago and feeling like i was surrounded by zombies and it made me feel very paranoid but that that movie struck me to the core and uh, oh uh but dawn of the dead when it came out in 2003 or 2004 and i saw that that is the best cold open of a movie that has ever been made that is yep it's it's so good and even the credit sequence it's as good as and creepy as seven um other remakes that are better than the original uh uh this is kind of whatever this is this is grandpa ish but uh the man who knew too much uh nobody remembers the original one. Oh, i think i've seen that was it like a? I own i own both but i haven't watched either all the way through I've only seen the original one. I barely remember it. Was it in the twenties? Was it a silent movie? Peter Laurie. No, no, not silent. It wasn't. It, it wasn't silent, but it may as well be uh, from the quality of the sound on the DVD that I have. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Peter Laurie, <laughs> Robin Williams said he almost wanted to do, play his role in Insomnia as Peter Laurie. In M? No, because Peter Laurie played a child killer in this old movie called M. I think it was. No, no, I'm saying he wanted to play. In his character in Insomnia, doing like a Peter Lorre impersonation, I didn't mean to kill the girl. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's my horrible Peter Lorre. That's an okay, yeah, that's an okay uh, impression. Because actually. Robin Williams was was describing himself as a man of a thousand faces, and so that's why he said like, <laughs> he he considered like doing it in Peter Lorre, but he didn't know if he could sustain that impersonation for the whole movie. <laughs> now. Let me ask you this, y'all. Y'all, y'all mentioned. That. <laughs> I, 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 I think you just fever dream that. I cannot imagine Robin Williams doing a Peter Laurie accent for this movie. Uh, I think he has much more respect for the the, the act of the, the art of filmmaking than that. You're just making that up. I'm not making it up. I'm, now I have to film it off the special features of Robin Williams saying it. Uh, Peter Laurie had some really quality moments. What do you, what do you, what did he call it in the movie? Backup, backup plan. Wasn't Peter Laurie in Casino Royale? Possibly. I haven't, I haven't watched the '50s version, the old original. Yeah, neither have I. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he plays Lashif. Yeah, Lashif. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or Lashifra. <laughs> Nobody says Lashifra. he does. I thought Orson Welles played that in that movie. No, he's in the. Uh, the no, this is the television movie. movie from the from like the late fifties. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, I could see him. Okay, 
Yeah, Orson Welles in the one with uh, Woody Allen. Terrible, terrible film. <laughs> but is it Skadoo? You know what Skadoo is? 22 Skadoo. Sc- 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 Scooby-Doo? Uh, no, nothing to do with Scooby-Doo. I don't, I've never seen it, but it has every single like uh, comedy person in it in the 1960s, and it's terrible. Um, okay, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I so uh, other other remakes that okay, one that is not as good as the original, one that is not as good as the original, but gets lots of shit that I don't think is deserved is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Hmm. Uh, one I <laughs> shut up. <laughs> no, I, I just laugh at your obsession. Oh I still haven't figured out why the original is good, but go ahead. Oh my god, what's wrong with you? Oh, it's a great fucking movie, the original. It looks like a snuff movie. Yes, it does. Yeah, but I mean, but I, okay. And again, yeah, I'm not hating on the movie. It's just, I've seen other movies like it. I mean, like you say, have that like low budget snuff uh, movie aesthetic. Mo- other like, like movies like um, the original I Spit on Your Grave or something. Um, and I'm not saying those movies are bad. I, I, I am just personally trying to unravel what elevates um, the original Chainsaw Massacre compared to its peers. Like what makes it the standout of movies like that from that time period of that budget. That's what I'm just trying to understand. I could, I, I have a thesis of this in my head if you want to hear it. Yeah. If you guys want to do the the remake versus the original for that, <laughs> I would love to t- discuss that because yeah. That's always been a very heated discussion for me for anyone who likes the original or likes the remake, I'm sorry. Jesus, going to be our new Yeah, thing. It, it got s- like so much hate. It got so much hate. Everything we do could be its own podcast. Like cuz then cuz <laughs> it could just be the remake podcast where we watch the Friday the 13th and we watch the remake of Friday the 13th. <laughs> And we can just go through everything. Oh, God. I'm saying all these different <laughs> tangents. It's like, it, it it's it's different. It's from a different era, but it's so dark and it's dreary. And you get this idea more so from the original. There's this family and they're just like renegades and they're eating people. And they've got this re- guy that lives in the basement and he's killing oh. people and providing the meat. I, I, did I say re- You did. <laughs> Shit. Just beep that out. I'm okay with it, but my sister has taught me not to say that word anymore. Okay, all right. Uh, but uh, you know the thing, the fun thing about the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series is that the second one is a completely different tone from the first one, and it is a complete love letter and taking the piss out of Texans. Uh, <laughs> and it starts Dennis Hopper. I mean, yeah, and it's Dennis Hopper in there. Yeah, they they talk about everything in there. They talk about chili. They talk about Big Red, or they show Big Red, which is a soda that comes from down here. Um, the uh, contra, uh, the uh, the competitiveness between Texas and O, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, UT and OU. Um, there's a scene with that, and it's just like. I watched it when I was a kid, or not, or when I was a teenager, I think, in Chicago, and I was like, okay, this is kind of dumb. It's kind of <laughs> like a, you know, like it's straight. From, and then when I wa- lived in Texas for a few years and watched, I'm like, this is absolutely fucking hilarious. They are, they are fucking making fun of Texas so much, and then the rest of them are just kind of like slasher shit. And the fourth one with Matthew, Mc- yeah, Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger that they kind of tried to bury. Uh, is really kind of fun, but, and, but not anything new. It's kind of a remake of the 
And for you, Eric, the third one has uh, Viggo Mortensen in it. Why is that for? Why is that for me? Oh why yeah, that that's for, right. Why is that for me? Because you love Lord of the Rings. I love Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I mean, I love it just like any hot-blooded Homo sapien, but I'm not. <laughs> I don't have a pension for it or Vigo. Sean, do you have hot or cold blood? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what that means. I'm afraid to answer. It this means is... you're a living person, is what it means. Hot-blooded Homo sapien. Uh, Sean, I, I feel like you don't love Lord of the Rings. I think you're okay with it, but I don't. No, he doesn't love it, but he should love it. Hey, it was number two of my 2002 picks. Okay. After. To not love. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. We're going to talk about. To not love the Lord of the Rings trilogy is 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 um. Oh no. Is akin to saying, (laughs) I don't love uh, Gone with the Wind, or I don't love Wizard of Oz, and I mean you can say those things, but it's it's just okay. All right. Those, those two are not going to You don't have to be in love with Hobbits or anything like that. It's just they are profound examples of filmmaking at their finest in their respective eras. I'm not going to say they're profound moments of film. I, you know, you don't have to love them, but you have to. They are profound. They are profound because if you look at the movies that oh, came no. out right before the Lord of the Rings trilogy, <laughs> uh, movies that were spectacle movies or CG movies, it's somehow 10 years happened in two months in difference in the filmmaking of the movies that just preceded Lord of the Rings. I agree wholeheartedly. You're thinking of like the Dungeons and Dragons You don't have to love Lord of the Rings, but you have to respect it is what I'm trying to say. And I do. There you go. That's all. That's it. And I do. We're all good. Everything's right in the world. Yeah. Oh, boy. (laughs) So, another remake. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory versus Willy Wonka. They're making a prequel. The cho- making a prequel. I hate, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I hate you. Please put it's it in the true. grave. It's, yeah. It's true news. They're having a prequel about his early adventures before he acquired the Chocolate Factory. Wonka? Oh, fuck that. Fuck. Yeah. Who's who's making this? I mean, I'll I'll find out while you guys. Is it a de-aged uh, de-aged Johnny Depp like in the Pirates number five? Let's see. No, fuck that. Johnny Depp hopefully will. I actually like Johnny Depp in the movie, and I like the kids in the movie. Um, and I oh, think they boy. did a swell job. Uh, I you know, I mean, it was creepy as f. Yeah, seemed like a chomo in the movie. Not in a yeah. good way. Not in a good way. What's the good way of a chomo? I just mean in terms of creepy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Not that, I don't know what chomo means. It means child molester. Oh Jesus! It's prison slang. And and you know. I love Gene Wilder. I think Gene Wilder did better than Johnny Depp. Um, Gene Wilder's performance was so understated. Oh, are you kidding me? That's the that's the most yeah. uh, that's the most <laughs> unrefutable opinion ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. a little drunk, but Gene Wilder's kind of sexy in some weird in some weird way. Uh, check him out in uh, in uh, uh, Bonnie and Clyde. He's in that for five minutes, sitting in the back of a car. It's so cool. He was nobody at the time, and and it's just like, who's this ingenue? Weird. I gotta see this again. I've seen that film. I don't remember a minute. Weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, in in Willy Wonka. Yeah, he's he's kind of sexy. I gotta say. I mean, goddamn. But maybe it's the booze talking. (laughs) I don't see it. Sorry, the hair is all over the place, like Larry from the Three Stooges. Yeah, and usually I hate that, but for whatever reason, it works for him. I don't know. So, Wonka is from the director of Paddington, Paul King, 
and the producer of Harry Potter, David Heyman. Okay. Yeah. Fuck him. Fuck him. It's coming out in 2023. I know Tim Burton just gives Johnny Depp whatever he wants to do and runs away with it, and you know, but Johnny Depp was kind of good in that movie, and I really love the Veruca Salt squirrel scene, which was in the book, but they changed it for the Gene Wilder movie, and in the Gene Wilder movie. Everything up until they get to the chocolate factory is boring as fuck. It's terrible. Um, I mean, it's it's boring. I mean, you've got. Don't get me started with why are these four old people in this bed? But like, I like that that musical sequence. Don't get me started. The song that the mom sings. Cheer up, Charlie. Don't get it there. Okay, I don't care for that one. You guys like that? No, I like the Candyman and the bed scene. Candyman's great, and the bed scene's great, too. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. We should do that movie. <laughs> okay, maybe not, because then every time we're introduced to those kids, there's a really yeah. funny scene like, Dad says I can get my own gun. Not to your 12, son. And no, no. When I watched that movie a million times when I was little, I never thought that was funny. But now... We should hold this off. That, that, there's a lot of really funny sequences in there, Sean. How long has it been since you've seen it, do you think? Oh, God, probably two years. But wow. I know it by heart. That's pretty recent. We've got the, we've got the German guy on the on the microphone, and he's poised so that it looks like deer horns are growing out of his head. And <laughs> <we've> got... <laughs> my partner, like she, I was, I I have this big box set of it, and I pulled it out for him. Like, look at this great box set that I have. It's got this little music box and stuff in it. And it's great. Really. And she was like, oh, that looks like crap. Like I saw that movie when I was a kid, but it's terrible. And I was like, no, no, you oh gotta watch God, this. No. So I forced no. her to watch it. <laughs> And she was like, oh, it's a great movie, actually. So I watched it maybe like five months ago or so. So I've got it sitting in my brain at the moment. But I feel like the chocolate river could have looked better. Because it kind of looks, like, <laughs> looks like sewer water in, in the original. Well, that's what Mr. Salt says. But what, <laughs> Eric, I'm not sure what melted chocolate water in a, in a Not in like a, that. I've seen melted chocolate fountains. Okay, whatever. I, I whatever. So I'm is, giving <laughs> both insomnias. Um, I'm giving them. Both. No, no, wait, wait, no. no we gotta get back. Yeah. Oh wow. The great thing about the scene with the chocolate river is that moments before Augustus Gloop falls in the in the river, uh, like um, Willy Wonka is singing this great song, um, uh, which I sang one time when I was really drunk at an office Christmas party, and they had to walk me home. Which was, anyway, uh, use your imagination. What, what is it? The imagination? I don't know. But anyway, it was really great. He's letting these kids run around, eat candy, eat giant gummy bears, and all this. And then, like five minutes later, they're criticizing him despite all the gifts that he's given him. And Augustus Gloop falls in the in the in the chocolate river, and his mom's like. Oh, he can't swim. And Willy Wonka actually says, well, there's no better time to learn. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's kind of a monster in a great yeah, way. Yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> yes, he, is. Yes, he is. He's stuck in the pipe. And they're all like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Oh, my God. And, you know, Gene Wilder's just popping out a piece of gum and putting it in his mouth. <laughs> he goes, the suspense is killing me. I hope it'll last. <laughs> He's such a fucking dick. And, like, everybody around him is so into themselves that they don't realize that he's a dick. 
they're they're all into like you know lifetime supply of chocolate or gum or whatever it is their passion is. But then you have, you know, I, I told Steve, you know, we could cover this on the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's if it was still in on, some way. Yeah, it's horror. There's there's he's like yeah the chicken. I'm like what? He goes the part where the chicken gets his head cut off. Oh, and I had. Yeah, I, I had watched this for years and never realized. And I think it was because I was watching a grainy VHS that mm. the chicken gets its head cut off in that scene. Yeah, I remember showing it to my partner and she was like, wow, like, I did not remember this being so, like, kind of disturbing as a kid. And I was like, hell yeah, that's what's so great about this. Like, it's kind of a horror musical in a way, like kind of a pre- yeah, precursor yeah. to, uh, like, Repo the Genetic Opera. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, he knows it's all going to happen when Violet Bogart goes for the gum. He goes, "Wait, stop! Don't come back." Yeah, it's like totally, like he doesn't even, like he's just pretending, like going through the motions. <laughs> like, <wants> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> he is a motherfucker. I, I mean, I like this movie. I feel like we're doing a podcast from 1975 right now. <laughs> what? <laughs> You guys are speaking about it as if it's so fresh. I mean, like, the movie is so fresh. Like, fresh. Uh, the mind. movie is definitely fresh. The movie is a great movie, and... Um, I agree wholeheartedly, but... Like, it'll always be fresh in my mind. I watched it on repeat as a kid, so... Yeah. It was pretty much that and Clue. I mean, I would drive around in high school with the, with the CD in my, in my car. Um, <laughs> but that's just me, though. There is one one problem I have uh, with the movie, and uh, I think I, I like Al Pacino, but if you're a person who doesn't like Al Pacino, you will not like this movie. Oh, and he's 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 totally Al Pacino in this movie, like yes. post Scent of a Woman, post Godfather Three. Yep, stereotype. So who who would be better than Al Pacino? I disagree. And I, well, but well, no, my question is, who would you cast in this? Instead of Al Pacino. Oh, I don't Skarsgård. Well, I am still curious what the Harrison Ford version would be like. Um, who would I cast? Wasn't this air, like Air Force uh, One period? Just Elba. I don't know. Didn't Air Force One come out at the same time? It could it could have? I would say Matthew McCon- McConaughey might be good. Oh, but yeah, yeah. But you saw Detective, right, Sean? True Detective. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. see, because th- that's fucking amazing. And he's the weirdo detective in that one. Uh, I was thinking about something that would like bring across Still Skarsgård's, like you know, his eyes and his just like oh. stoic look, and like I'm, I'm not an action movie. It'd be it'd be another Nolan guy. Um, what's his name? Oh no. Uh, oh, I just learned how his name say his name properly recently. Cillian Murphy. Yes, Cillian. But he he, he pronounces it different. But anyway, but Cillian Murphy, Killian, Killian, Killian. Yeah, that's probably it. That's Killian. probably it. Yeah, I think he. Oh, he would be fantastic. He, he he's he's easy on the eyes. Um, he would be fantastic as playing the Skarsgård version of, of the detective, without a doubt. Yeah, if you guys have seen A Quiet Place too. Oh, I, uh, I might see that this weekend. But watch him in in uh, not Penny Dreadful. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, the other one. Uh, fuck, what's it called? I'm so Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. Watch him in that because he does play. Well, no. Yeah. Well, he, he's a little Scarsguard in that. 
because he also he also has like uh, a social disorder. Um, his character in that, and that's part of what makes his character so cool in that series. I think that if they were going to make this, and by the way, I'm watching the American version right now, and it's much more action centric than the original. But yes. I think if no they question. could make the character a little, if, if the directing was a little bit calmed down and they made that character uh, a little bit more creepy, I think that Johnny Depp would be a good, be have a good... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I agree. I mean, he, I he's not, as long as it's not Tim Tim Burton, um, but, you know, he, he can do that. Johnny Depp can do a lot more than, than we think he can. There's yeah. somebody else I'm sure that I'm going to think of tomorrow morning in the shower yeah. or something. But murder, murder on the Orient Express, Johnny Depp. No, I feel he, was, he was quite good in that movie. He was just, he, it was kind of a little bit let down by being so limited in that role. Well, I thought he was. Mm, I, I liked him in that. He he was just in it so briefly. Somebody was like. Somebody was like, oh, that movie has Jenny Depp. I'm not going to see it. And I'm like, honey, don't worry. He's going to die in it. He's the murder victim. I He's think the one that gets murdered. A 50-year-old Jared Leto or Bill Murray from Lost in Translation playing the detective. Oh. I'm going to, yes, I'm going to go with Bill Murray there. I think that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Thank Bill you. Murray, he would be willing to play a character that goes dark. Unlike Al Pacino, who's like... Oh, oh no, no, better than Jared Leto. Forget Jared Leto. Um, what's yeah, his name? Fuck him? Um, <laughs> no, um, Clef <laughs> Palette, um, her, um, Gladiator. Yeah, um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix! Joaquin Phoenix as the detective. Yes, I can see him getting rapey. Uncomfortably rapey. He would rapey. Be to go dark. Unlike Al Pacino, who wants to be a golden boy of Hollywood. At least at that point. I disagree that he's full Pacino. He's definitely Pacino. He's definitely oh. Pacino. But I feel like he's much more full Pacino in other roles. Um, oh. Like the one uh, yeah. where he plays the 60 Minutes guy. Um, and other things. The, inside, the Insider? Yeah. Like, he's playing, like, he's playing 60% Pacino, like, in, in yes. this movie. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's what I don't like about it, and I, I think I've got another one because we've just watching we've been watching this this series called The Sinner on Netflix, not a Netflix series, but I think it was a Bill Pullman, older Bill Pullman, yes, who is unbelievably great as a sympathetic detective, um, and actually, yeah, that's my final vote, Paul, Bill Pullman. You'd have okay, to see my it. my goof casting. My goof casting, just for shits and giggles, would be like Christopher Walken. <laughs> shits and giggles. I, you know what? I The other day, I started watching on Tubi. It's also on um, uh, Amazon. Uh, Communion with Christopher Walken. And this is one of Steve's like favorite you know, alien, alien abduction movies, because there's like five alien abduction movies. <laughs> and he is so fucking Christopher Walken in it. Like, he's got a wife and kid. Hey, how are you, wife and kid? Hey, I'm Ooh. gonna... Oh, I got two more. Oh, oh. I'd say Christopher Walken from Deer Hunter. Jesus, take Oh, boy. <laughs> oh. Since I've been going through Cronenberg, uh, I just watched him in... Uh, uh, holy fuck, I can't believe I'm forgetting that movie. What's the Cronenberg movie that he did? Jesus Christ, I'm so drunk. 
You guys remember? <laughs> that who did? Uh, Chris I know, I, I know, I've never seen it, but... Uh... The Dead Zone, that's it. Oh, The Dead oh, Zone. Oh, yeah, no, that's a good movie. That's a good movie. Uh, Stephen King's story, yeah. Yep. I never Martin saw Burke. the movie, but I saw some of the series. Yeah, Martin Sheen. Good um, flick. Or John Voight from Deliverance playing the de- detective. The scene in de- it, the, the the last scene in um, the Dead Zone, and you know, Eric, here let me tell you. So, uh, Christopher Walken plays this guy named John Smith. I remember that. And when he touches people, he can see things that they think, like they want in oh, their yeah. in their future. I saw their the future. series with the Brat Pack guy. Yeah, and, and, and so uh, Martin Sheen is running for president. And it's one of the creepiest scenes. He he he's at a presidential rally. He shakes hands with Martin Sheen, and he mm. sees Martin Sheen executing the code and, and and you know bombing whatever country, whatever. And uh, it's so chilling. And I don't know if that's realistic. I don't know if that's really how they do the code. Um, but uh, great, Martin Sheen is so good in that too as a villain. I yep. love Martin Sheen. He's great. Sounds good. He's really great. Sounds good. And the book, bo- the book was boring. Uh, the the movie was so much better than the book. <laughs> I didn't like the book at all. Ah, oh, see, you keep mentioning Stephen King books I never read. I've read like most of his work, but I've never read The Dark Half or Dead Zone. <laughs> did you watch the, the? I'm sorry. Did you read The Stand? I I love The Stand. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, love it. that's one of my top three books of okay. all time. Scared the shit out of me. Eric's trying to. And it was no. made into two uh, miniseries. Yeah, I've seen the first. No, I'm thinking Peter Capaldi in the thick of it, playing the detective. <laughs> and, no, uh... that's that's nuts. <laughs> that's not that's not going to work. That's not subtle at all. But man, he was subtle in fucking uh, Children of Earth. God damn, he was great in that. I don't remember that very well. Torchwood? Children of Earth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was like, who was he? Oh, he that's right. Him. I'm so sorry. I thought you were, I thought of Children of Men when you said it. Yeah, Children of Earth is a masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Lois Habiba featuring. Best work of the RTD era, I think. It is. It I'll have, have, to, have to meditate on that, but it's it pretty amazing. I was thinking about cleaning out a lot of my DVDs that I don't really care about anymore, and I'm looked at the Torchwood DVDs down there next to the uh, <laughs> Walking Dead Blu-rays, and I'm like... No, 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 no. Look, oh. I would... Look, I... Because I, I look at the same thing in my drawer. Uh, oh, because mine are all in drawers. Uh, my yeah. Doctor Who's... I'll send pictures later. But anyway, <laughs> um, but I look at the Torchwood sitting there, and like, the, oh, I imagine the Sarah Jane Adventures being there. Uh, I have class... Um, sitting there, and oh, you're the all, one. I, I'd rather watch all of those things than the last two series of Doctor Who. So, so uh, I, I, I had yeah. that thought when I opened my drawer because all those box sets are next to, near each other, um, and and so that that's why they get to stay because I'd rather watch those other spinoffs than watch the uh, Chibnall spinoff that is Doctor Who. I know that Torchwood Children of Earth is good because I brought it to Florida when I visited my parents and they literally, like, I think in one night watched all five or six episodes. 
It is fantastic. It is a masterpiece. And then they followed it up with uh, Torchwood Miracle Day, which is a fucking mess. It's so confusing on so many levels. Everything about it. It's so confusing. Yeah. Thinking about the execution, thinking about the story, thinking about how they go to like Santa Monica Beach, and then there's like the underground um, Great Wall Vagina. Like, there's just so <laughs> many things, and then and then, like the hot doctor gets burned alive. What the fuck? And Eric, I remember uh, on MH, MHC, we you know you were like, okay, we'll meet every week and we'll talk about the episode, <laughs> and then after a while, it was just like, uh. Okay, we'll just pretend this didn't happen. <laughs> okay, so so Josh would always bring that up about how that was a bad time, but I always counter Josh by saying, but that's when Sean became part of the show. Uh, I mean, during MHC. I mean, of MHCs. That's when you became like part yeah. of our our galley, uh, uh, so to speak, um, was during that run of when we were covering uh, Children of Men. So I always tell Sean, uh, Josh that was the good thing about those days. Uh, okay. Like a All right. Regular on the show. I went to go to the theater the week before last, and uh, Memorial Day weekend, and I got to go see two movies at the theater with my popcorn. I was so happy, <laughs> so cool. Um, I saw the Spiral Saw movie, which uh, neither one of you would like unless you're into that. I've seen them all besides that one. So it, it's it's you know everybody lambast uh, uh, Chris. Um, Help me. Uh, no, Chris. Uh, <laughs> you talk about the guy who plays what's his? Oh, Chris Rock. Yeah, the Chris Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Everybody lambasts no. him, but I thought he, I thought he was fine in that. Um, it just didn't. It didn't have enough kills and gores. Well, the thing about the Saw movies is, is after a while, you're not going there for a plot. You're going there to see people do, uh, you know, get out of traps, and they're going to have gore. And, and I kind of like that. I'm sorry. It's it's the ultimate torture oh. porn. Yeah, it's it's the ninth film. I mean, if you're going to see it, you're going to see it for that. I famously only ever saw the like the fourth one, uh, and I didn't want to watch it. Uh, and I never seen any Saw movie. I saw. I think it was the fourth. And I remember thinking, "Whoa, this is way better than I thought it was going to be. Like immensely yeah. better." But the fourth also- one. I think it was the fourth. It could have been the third. I don't know. But it wasn't the first or the second. Um, oh. But anyway, whichever one it was. Wait, wait. Hold, hold on. Hold on. Eric. Eric. We're, you know what? We're, you're, you're, our voices are behind. Are of a delay. So sometimes you talk over. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. But Caleb, what were you going to say? Me? Yeah. What were you going to say with the soft films? Oh, I was just saying the fourth one was terrible, but I've seen all of them up to this point, so yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing this in the theater now that my theaters have finally opened. The one that we saw on on uh, I'm sorry, Eric, if I did I offend you? You didn't. I didn't no. fucking offend you. I'm <laughs> unoffendable. But you you have you have a delay. I can tell that uh, my uh, voice is getting to you about one or two seconds after. Anyway, um, the other movie we saw, and this one is. Fucking fantastic. A Quiet Place Part 2. Oh, I might see it this weekend. Saw it at the drive-in. My drive-in. Did you see the first one? I did, yeah. Don't say too much about the story or plot, but did you like it? It's it's a great follow-up, and Cillian Murphy's in it. And no. Cillian Murphy is great in everything he does. So 
Uh, I might see it because my sister really wants to see it, and she really wanted to see it. And then the, the stu- like it was about to come out, and the pandemic happened. And she's been pissed ever since. So yeah, I and and they were gonna, uh, you know, I was kind of upset that they didn't allow it streaming because we really wanted to see it. Um, and when we went to go see it, like John Krasinski comes up on the screen. He goes, "So thank you for waiting to see this in the theater." <laughs> Uh, or thank you. I don't think he said waiting to see this. In the so theater, did you like that or not? Did I like what the movie or his? No, the Krasinski introduction. Oh no, I don't care. It was it was oh, forty five yeah. seconds and because Paul Bryan. Did he bitch about it? He went to go see the movie. He said he really liked the movie, but he was like, but at the the beginning, goddamn director or whatever, he's like, I'm ready to watch this movie, my first movie after the <sighs> pandemic. And then I have to listen to him talk for like seventy seconds. He's like, "I just wanted the movie to start." No, like, no. He's like he said, he said the movie hasn't even started, and they're already taking me out of the mood. Um, oh, what a so bitch! That's- <laughs> no, that's that's stupid because the movie is great. It's better than the first one, but you have to see the first one before you see the oh, second one I'm to understand. The first. Um, it is definitely if it, it is definitely going to be a classic that will be remembered. 40, 50 years from now. It is very well done. I was going to say, I thought they were on the, the same level. I mean, they kept the same level of suspense, same great audio kind of work throughout. And yeah, just super enjoyable, both of them. I was really surprised. I was expecting it to be kind of a like a mediocre follow-up. But, but no, it was, it was just as good, I thought. In the preview that we saw, you know, like a year ago or whatever, it was the scene the pre-scene where they're in the town and they're driving and the and the and the, and the emily blonde is driving with the kids and there's you know monsters and the backup with the with the um the bus and all that um that's all in there and i always kind of you know suspected like oh my god maybe that's the only exciting thing it's not it's not it, it gave me a panic attack with the suffocation scene do you know what i'm talking about Caleb? Don't say too much, too, guys. Just now. So, um, so I was talking about Quiet Place and how you have to watch the first one before you watch the second one. And you talked about the I don't remember. And you thought this would be the only thing, but there was more. Nope. Yeah, I don't remember a lot from the first one because it was a few years ago. So I ordered it in Blu-ray and want to watch it again. But oh, that's another topic. Sequels better than the first one. That's a short list. Short list. Godfather 2. Well, we know your Eric's yours Empire would be Exorcist. Back, yeah. uh, <laughs> Exorcist. <laughs> Wrath of Khan. Yeah, Wrath of Khan abs. Well, actually, I don't know. I love. Oh, get out of Wrath town. Of the first one's great, no. but you can't say it's better than Wrath of Khan. That, that'd be an insanely. Well, as, much uh, as, as much as I love Wrath of Khan, the motion picture is more true to the series. So that's. That's, that's neither here nor there. It is so neither here nor there. It's so satisfying. I can't tell you how many times I've watched the motion picture and just broke it down into tears. And like, it is like it is. Well, is it close? Well, it is it closer, is. It I guess. Is. But it's but it's like, it's, a, but it's, a, it's such a sterile version. It's like a Kubrick version of the original series. Exactly, a Kubrick version of the original series. That is fucking mind blowing. Okay, it is mind blowing, but it's but it's not better than Wrath of Khan. Caleb, what parts of it made you break down crying? Um, so many. It just, I'll tell you this. 
the moment when you know there's like that like almost five minute long moment where Kirk sees the revamped Empire the first time, Vampire mm-hmm. Puck Enterprise the first time, and he's just floating around it looking at like holy crap the ship's like revamped it looks so beautiful. That moment brings me to tears. Um, okay. The moment when they finally reach Vager <laughs> brings me to okay. tears. There's so much about that series. But I'm a, I'm a giant fan of the original series. So. Okay, oh, okay. Oh, like I'm not. Like I'm not. Yeah. But, okay, I love the original. But fuck. But fuck. Or, wait, I shouldn't say. <laughs> wait, but fuck. But, <laughs> I don't know what you're proposing there, but... Uh, uh, well, I'm only two and a half hours I, I have not quite cleaned myself <laughs> properly. Well, who's going to say who's the... on top? Um, <laughs> oh, Eric. Oh, Eric. Oh, Eric. Oh. My goodness. What? Yeah, this is the boom. I'm fanning myself like Maggie Smith right now. (laughs) Um, um, okay, I fucking love the original, but, oh, come on. It's not, it's not the classic in every way that Rathacon is. Um, I don't don't even want to talk about it because it seems so silly to bring up all the good points about Rathacon. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss this another day, perhaps, but I do truly love... God. I remember seeing Rathacon in the movie theater and like breaking down. I was watching it with my co-host Isaac too. And numerous times I would just break down and like, holy crap, I can't believe I'm seeing this in the theater. Like this is like one of the best. This is the hottest contrarian take ever. Like that. But no, I really do love the motion picture more. I will say. That's fine. Everyone has their personal preference and opinion, but oh my God, Rathacon is is on a, another plane of existence of the Star Star Trek movies at at all. To some degree. It, some... I'll tell you this. Rathacon is like, let's take um, the original Star Trek series and make a movie out of it. The motion picture is, let's take a TV episode of the original series and blow it up as big as we possibly can. And that's just more to my preference. So... That that's why I love the motion picture. I I love the motion picture for other other reasons, you know, compared to Khan. But again, I love them both. But Wrath of Khan is the Me one too. I'm dying with, the one I'm dying on a hill with, without a doubt. And Isaac Isaac got to see in the theater for his first time seeing it, so that's I'm jealous of him for that experience because he came away being like, wow, that was incredible. Like that blew my mind seeing that. So. I uh. <laughs> I was a fan of Next Generation, not at first, but later on, and I really, really, truly love the Next Gen- Generation film with uh, William Shatner and Patrick Stewart. Don't don't ask me what the oh, name of it man. is, but it's Generations, and and a lot of a lot of Star Trek fans poo poo it, especially because the one that comes right after it, First Contact, is the other one that is like so much better than. Most other is that the one? With the, is that the one with the Borg? Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's that's a that really one is movie. so good, um, and by far the best of the generation films. Um, yes. And, and just one of the best. I poo them both. Um. Oh God, uh, I can't even think about better sequels now because Caleb's got my head spinning with that hot take. <laughs> that. Did we did we ever finish this Insomnia podcast? I yes. Just make yes, sure we did. Was... We did. But this is your more okay. extra. <laughs> content that you can release in 2024 um oh my god <laughs> oh, yeah i'm trying to figure out more uh remakes that were better than the original um, and i've well no not remakes how about sequels or i feel like we we, we or, or the sequels. remakes to death um, um 
think so. Uh, two towers is better than Fellowship of the Ring? But that's debatable no. and arguable, I suppose. See, I don't care about that. I, I don't give a <laughs> shit. I mean, I, I think it's all one movie together. I mean, it's exactly. one big nine nine hour like movie. Mini series and movies. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm okay, not. fine. Um, what's another sequel? But I, okay, uh, there's we, more out there. Uh, th- there was a, a movie that you guys talked about in one of your episodes called The Last House on the Left, um, which mm. is one of Wes Craven's first movies. Um, horrible movie. Just oh, it's it's okay, but uh, <laughs> the uh, I, I I did see part of the original. Maybe that's not fair, but I watched the remake, and the remake is positively hilariously uh, 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 comforting. Um, <laughs> at the end, they stick a guy's. I don't know how they do this. I, you can't do this, guy. This in real life, but they stick a guy's head in a microwave, turn the microwave on while the door is still open, and just electrocute him. And yeah, I'm like, think, oh, that's so awesome. I think he literally like sticks a fork in it. He's like, this will be enough. I'll just stick this fork into like the closing lo- uh, part of it. Yeah, so stupid. Okay. <laughs> that's like the post credits. It's so stupid, too. but it's so you know. Because all those movies, the beginning of them are just so horrible, like with rape and shit, and very uncomfortable. Um, I remember the the remake of I Spit on Your Grave, grave was just... Okay. Ew. Yeah, do you know, Sean, do you know any of the behind-the-scenes details about Last House on the Left? Where, like, the actors didn't even fully know what kind of movie they were getting into at the time, and Wes Craven kind of had to, like, push them to do the scenes they did? Do you know about that at all? <laughs> no, no, no. It it makes the movie even more uncomfortable knowing that, like, there's a couple scenes when the actors start to break down, and it turns out that was the actual, like, it wasn't just the characters; it was really the actors being like, "Oh crap! Like, what are we into? Like, what what movie are we doing?" It makes the movie super dark to know that Wes Craven just kind of like pushed them into that and almost forced them to do the scenes. So. Okay, I got I got three chambered sequels that are better. Two may, might be controversial. Um, um, Terminator, Terminator Two, Aliens, debatable, debatable. Well, okay, I didn't think the first one would be debatable, <laughs> but um, and then uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Absolutely, we are actually doing Terminator, the first one on Show We Watch on Netflix. Um, not to, the day of term tomorrow. Oh, fucking badass! Can't wait. I think that Terminator Two is better. I, and it really Terminator is. Original is fantastic in so many ways. That I could talk about so fantastic, but Terminator Two is a phenomenon. Uh, yeah, unlike the is. first, it's much. Better. And Aliens—that's what I a- thought would be the most debatable. Because um, I fucking love the original. I consider the original one of my all-time favorite horror movies. I don't know if that's yep. If that's um, uh, contentious as well, but that opinion. But um, as much as I think that much about the first original, Aliens just fucking oh! When I saw that shit in the '80s, it was just one, another one of those '80s, early '90s movies that just fucking blew me away at the time, and it was just amazing in every possible way. And everyone's trying to copy um, that <laughs> dynamic or trope since, like the ragtag group of military soldiers and i know it'd been done previously too 
but it was just oh everything was so fucking perfect in that movie yeah you know you know what i heard uh, allegedly is that james cameron went to the went to the producers and said my favorite movie is aliens and i want to make a movie you know there's a sequel to aliens and i want to make it like a um like a like a war movie and they were like okay uh, it, 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 that's not what it really was but yeah, Aliens is a movie that when the first time I saw it, I didn't like it. But upon repeated versions, uh, upon repeating viewings, I mean, it's much more. Oh, how do I say this? It's much more action and suspenseful than the first one, which is still suspenseful, but it's creepy suspenseful. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're two different genres for sure. Yeah. Um, but it, I think it's a perfect, or not perfect, but cool couplet too. That they're both so amazing, but distinct and different. Like that's cool. Like I would love that to happen in in other um, franchises. I mean, that you would love yeah. that. Where it's, it's like, wow, they're so different, but they they still go together. I was gonna say Terminator is one of their few uh, comparisons, because I feel like the original Terminator, as much as it is like an action movie, it's almost a horror movie in its own right. Yes. It and is. The sequel is much more action packed, so it's kind of funny that Cameron's involved in both. But yes, that's very true. It is like a very good like horror, almost like a slasher movie. Um, and and again, there's so many good things to say about the original Terminator because it's got to be like one of the best low, modest budget movies out there. Um, God, it's all this shit's amazing. God, I'm such a hard on for movies right now. It's it's a it's a it's a horror movie because you find out that he's been going around killing every Sarah Connor in whatever city they were in, and that's scary. I mean, fuck, he kills her mother. What the fuck? That's terrible. There's like home invade. There's there's like like seven home invasions going on in that movie. Yeah. And, and before then, he actually. And then you learn that the um, the stepmother of John Connor that he kills, um, that he impersonates on the phone, the homely looking woman. And then you learn that she's the same actress who played Vasquez in Aliens, and then your head explodes. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I, uh, no, I don't know. When he's when he's going through, he's going around killing the Sarah Connors or who he thinks is the mom of John Connor in Judgment Day. And there's this lady with frizzy hair, uh, and then he kills her, and then and then he like the T1000 duplicates her voice. It's like John, where are you? Come home. <laughs> no, 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 no. But it's the T1000 mimicking her. Anyway, that actress who looks like nobody is the the tough as nails lesbian marine in Aliens. But but you don't realize you have no idea it's the same actress. Yeah, she's actually like a white chick. She's also in uh, Titanic as well. She was? Yep. This was like a brief little, uh, like someone getting killed by the, the water. But I guess it was okay that she was brown-faced in uh, Aliens. Yeah, I mean, it was the 80s. I mean, come on. I, I'm all wait, for she it. Was br- she, wait, wait a minute. She was brown-faced in Aliens? Yeah, she was just like some like white chick. Like, she wasn't... Because uh, she comes off as like Venezuelan or Puerto Rican uh, in Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> but she's just, she's just, just like uh, a random Canadian... Uh, <laughs> in in Terminator Two, Carpenter's uh, yeah, college friends or something. <laughs> Caleb saw her getting something at the oh yeah yeah my local, local restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, Along with all the other extras from every movie that's ever made, <laughs> and uh, 
British Columbia ever. Oh yeah, you were in uh, Hell Dog. Oh yeah, enjoy your 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 hot dogs. I'm sure he sees all the cast of like uh, Battlestar Galactica hanging out. Um, I wish, I wish. God damn, a lot of fucking sexy ass. One people. of those one of those actors from that series was uh, at one of the galleys, and he was totally trying oh. to pick up like a random chick in the lobby. I would have been there. Pick me up, buddy. <laughs> he was totally trying to pick somebody up in the, in the <laughs> hotel lobby. Uh, the one dude uh, it's from the series. Uh, the one who was with Callie. The engineer or whatever. You know, the thing about... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead, I had I had two people that told me I should watch Battlestar Galactica. One was my cousin, and the other one was my boss. And the only... You know, I'm like, okay... All right. Okay. I'm I, okay. I don't want to. Science, but, oh, I don't want to spoil hush. it. Hush. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I don't want to spoil it. It is an absolutely phenomenal, fantastic sci-fi series. It was Brilliant. very groundbreaking no. in its okay, writing it's spo- and presentation no, no. when it came out. Um, Christ. But Just wait, Sean. <laughs> the the problem though that I don't want to spoil is it's it comes from that lineage of fantastic shows like Lost. Um, that are like really fantastic, but they don't stick the fucking landing. And you get so invested in the storyline and the pathos and everything, okay. and you're just like, oh. all right, I, I all right, Felicia, with either show, I think Lost almost stumbles more, but I actually like how Battlestar Galactica ends. Okay, that's another hot works. take by Caleb. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Very hot take. But I think it works. <laughs> I fucking saw the finale live at the draft house. Uh, I did. I didn't see the draft house, but I saw it live too. But <laughs> commercials and all. Anyway, so both my cousin and my boss said you have to watch Battlestar Galactica. It's I never fantastic. did watch it. <laughs> Relax. Hold on, Jesus Christ. So I I don't know what the fuck they're talking about, and I I watched one episode, and it was like okay whatever I do James oh yeah. and uh, then I saw the Portlandia episode where there's a couple who buy a DVD set of Battlestar Galactica and they can't stop watching it like they they miss their jobs and all that <laughs> that's and that's why my cousin and my husband and the husband my boss. Um, Watched it. That's all I know about it. That that's not an interesting story, is it? I fucked up. Whatever. I thought Edward James almost was making a huge comeback, but that was the extent <laughs> of his comeback. Um, yeah, if Sean, if you get access to the even the mini series, which is only two parts, I think they're about an hour and a half each. Check that out, and it'll pull you right in. It's some brilliant okay. television. And also, you got to transport your mind to post nine eleven. Because um, yep, it, it's it's all about that. Uh, it's, it's an allegory. Perfect for that. show for that era. Yeah, yeah. I can't fucking believe it was a sci-fi original because they they, <laughs> they produce so much Canadian shit uh, over there oh, in sci-fi. Um, it's not an indictment of Canada; it's an indictment of the Sci-Fi Network. Um, I get you. Goddamn. <laughs> but it, it it was fucking phenomenal. It was a great time. <clears throat> um. It was done by not Roger Moore. Um, oh, from uh, uh, DS Nine. Yes, uh, but it's not Roger Moore. Oh, wow. something else. Moore. No. Um, Al, oh, fuck. Well, it was Moore, 
um, Mr. Moore. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if you watched all of DS9, Sean, but um, uh, pound for pound, uh, excluding the original series, DS9 is, is the deepest, most satisfying Star Trek series um, by, by the writing and the drama and the characters and everything. And, and it's because of Moore. Uh, he made it good. And then he... Ronald. He, he, Ronald Moore. And he took that and then he made BSG pretty fucking amazing. Uh, and then now he's doing amazing shit with Outlander uh, over there on Showtime or Star Trek. I gotta Cooper. watch that. It's really good. I haven't finished it or anything, but it's really good. And it starts off like, oh yeah, this is cool. Um, some type of you know Scottish Highlander shit. And then it takes a weird turn. I don't want to spoil anything. You go, oh shit, this show can weirdly get dark and sadistic yeah. and you don't see that did, coming did you know that was doctor who fanfic originally yes well i didn't know it was doctor who fanfic but i knew there was a, there's doctor who connections for sure um because the main character is named uh jamie mccribbin yep or wait am i doing that right uh, not not no it um, was um um fuck. what's the actor who plays jamie fraser hines there you go, Sean. Yeah. Thank you. Fraser <laughs> McCribbin or whatever is the name of the yeah. the protagonist. Okay. But, I sorry, Sean, just to cut you off once more. We've been cutting you off all night. <laughs> but Eric, I was the the biggest fan of DS9 as a kid. I thought that was easily the best Star Trek show by a mile. And I watched um Battlestar Galactica for most of it in its original run. I fell off during season two, but came back for three and four. And it wasn't until like maybe like three years ago when I found out that uh, Ronald Moore did that, and I was like, "Holy fuck! No wonder it was so great." Yep, yep. You're, I was so happy. <laughs> you're so right. You're so right. Uh, that was like the uh, first Blu-ray television box that I ever bought. I think I spent a ridiculous amount of money for it. PSG. Oh. Yeah. I have to go. I have no. I have to go. I'm starting to put my head down and closing my eyes. I've been there for for a while, yeah. <laughs> okay. Are we uh, going to talk about Pink Flamingos next? Absolutely. Whatever you guys, you guys want. want to do it. <laughs> Pink Flamingos, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pink Flamingos, I'm there. <laughs> oh, Pink Flamingos. I I haven't watched it in so... Oh, Eric, I'm so excited. Um, fuck, I'm so... Yeah, Paul Bryant was talking trash about John Waters the other day on the podcast, but anyway. Oh, fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> I fucking hate Paul what did he? What did, what did he say? What did he say? Oh, it's, you know, yeah, it's fucking John Waters. <laughs> the only reason anybody cares is because it's John Waters. Um, and they were talking about like his movie from 2008 <laughs> or something. Um, but they were just oh, saying... Dirty like, Shame? Like, like, like they, he doesn't deserve the recognition or anything. He just made some quirky Aww. movies in the 70s. And everything has been like a little bit worse since then, and there's no reason why, you know. It's just, no, critics love John. I mean, Waters. his movies aren't all great. Serial Mom uh, was great, but John Waters is an awesome person altogether with his speaking yes. tours. So fuck Bald Byron, Brian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's an okay person, I suppose. Just when he talks about movies, it makes me crazy. Well, Sean, it's been great chatting with you, man. Everybody else, too. Thank you. And as soon as you lift the restraining order, I'll visit you in BK. There you go. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.